Recorded by The Way in Brea. Lead pastor Von Jarrett has a heart for the people at The Way and a desire to reach the lost. The Way's production department prays this message is a blessing to you and that you find yourself closer to God through application. There's a fear of dogs or rabies, and that is listed as xenophobia. For this country, for this church, there's a fear of Jews. It's called Judeophobia. So trust me when I tell you, fear is rampant in the church and the country. It is insane. Do you know what the least or the, the, the least feared thing in this country is? The least. It's called electrophobia. Give me a guess of what you think that means. Electrophobia. Not electric phobia or electric phobia, but electric phobia. Fear of chickens. Fear of chickens. For, uh, for the group mostly on this side, do you know what the largest fear is in this country? What did you guys say? Anybody? Shoot it out. What? What? The internet goes down? Oh, that's pretty good. That's pretty close. It's actually namanophobia. The fear of, the, of your battery dying on your phone. It's the largest fear in the country. It affects 66% of the, the country. And it's because, like Tommy mentioned, they don't have access to the internet. They don't have access to social media. They don't have their fingertips uh, or their, their access at their fingertips. But how crazy is that? We go from chickens to vegetables to cats to dogs to slime to your battery dying on your phone. Fear is running rampant in this country. But you know what is it? Faith. So I want to get into it. Um, awesome testimonies. And I got a lot to share. And I'm going to do my best to get through it. Um, but let's... I'd like you to all to turn to Judges, if you would. And I was going to read three chapters in Judges and the story of Gideon, because Gideon gives us the greatest, one of the greatest examples of somebody who goes from fear to faith, and, and literally goes from fear to fearless, or goes from faithless to faithful. So I don't... Um, 
I don't think it's wise to read uh, all three. Um, Let's start at chapter 6. And I'll start at verse 1. But let me give you the definition of fear. It's an unpleasant emotion caused by the belief that someone or something is dangerous. Like to cause pain or threat. That is fear. The definition of fear in the dictionary. Faith and the definition of faith in the dictionary is complete trust or confidence in something or someone. So understand the definition of fear and the definition of faith. As we read Judges chapter 6, I will do Judges chapter 6 and then we'll jump over to Judges chapter 8. So please bear with me and follow along because it's vital. And I don't even know if I can um, read it. Chapter 6 verse 1. Then the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. So the, the Lord, so the Lord delivered them into the hands of Median for seven years. And in the hand of the Median prevailed against Israel. Because of the Medianites, the children of Israel made for themselves the dens, the caves, and the strongholds which are in the mountains. So it was, whenever Israel had sown Medianites, would come up also Amalekites, and the people of the east would come up against them. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza and leave no sustenance for Israel, neither sheep nor ox nor donkey. Israel's getting pushed around. Then they would encamp against them and destroy the produce of the earth as far as Gaza. Sorry. Verse 5. For they would come up with their livestock and their tents coming in and numerous as locusts because as... Because they and their camels were without number, and they would enter the land to destroy it. So Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. And the children of Israel cried out to the Lord. And it came to pass when the children of Israel cried out to the Lord because of the Midianites, and that the Lord sent a prophet to the children of Israel, who said to them, Thus says the Lord, says to them, I brought you out from Egypt and brought you out of the house of bondage. And I delivered you out of the hand of the Egyptians and out of the hand who oppressed you. And you drove them out before you and gave you their land. And I also said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites in those lands you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Verse 11, now the angel of the Lord came and sat under a tribuneth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joseph, the Abizarite, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appeared to him. I want to stop there real quickly. Um, what was Gideon doing when the angel of the Lord came to him? Say what? No. What was he doing? Oh, thank you. Just remember that. He was working when God spoke to him. He wasn't sitting around doing nothing. 
And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if is O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all this happened to us? And where are all our miracles which our father told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not set you? So he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. Listen, God gives direction to Gideon while he's working, and Gideon's response is full of fear and says, Listen, my crew are a bunch of weaklings, and I'm the most weak in my family. When God tells you, go and do something, don't worry about who he's put you with. You cannot worry about who he's put you with because chances are he will choose you in a ridiculous situation so he can get all the glory. But you're not thinking about that when you get the order. Just remember that. So Gideon is telling the Lord, listen, my clan is weak and I'm the weakest in my family. And the Lord said to him, Surely I will be with you, and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Then he said to him, If I have found favor in your sight, then show me a sign that is you who talks with me. Do not depart from here. Pray until I come to you and bring out my offering and sent it before you. And he said, I will wait until you come back. So Gideon went and prepared a young goat and unleavened bread from an ephah of flour. The meat, he put it in a basket. He put the broth in a pot and he brought them out to him underneath the turbineth tree and presented the offering to the Lord. The angel of God said to him, Take the meat and the unleavened bread and lay them on this rack and pour out the broth. And he did so. And the angel of the Lord put out the end of the staff that was in his hand and touched the meat and the unleavened bread. And the fire rose out of the rock and consumed the meat and the unleavened bread. And the angel of the Lord departed out of his sight. Now Gideon perceived that he was... That he was the angel of the Lord. So Gideon said also, Lord God, for I have seen the angel of the Lord face to face. Then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. Do not fear. You shall not die. Listen, you know the little meme that everybody says, oh, but did you die? This is where they got it from. This is where they got it from. You might be scared and somebody says, but did you die? You're okay. Trust me. You will live. This is where they got it from. God is telling Gideon, don't worry. You ain't going to die. I will take care of you. So he says, um, then the Lord said to him, peace be with you. Do not fear. You shall not die. So Gideon built an altar there to the Lord and called it, uh, the Lord is peace. To this day, it's still in Ophrah. Of the Abyssalites. Now it came to pass the same night that the Lord said to him, Take your father's young bull and the second bull of seven years old and tear down the altar of Baal. And your father has and cut down the wooden image and that is beside it. And build an altar to the Lord your God on top of this rock in the proper arrangement and take the second bull and offer a burnt sacrifice with the wood of the image which you shall cut down. 
So Gideon took ten men from among his servants and did, the, and did as the Lord had said to him. But because he feared his father's household and the men of the city too much to do it by day, he did it by night. Gideon gets a nickname because he follows orders and he takes down the Tower of Baal. And when the men in the city arose early in the morning, there was the altar of Baal torn down. And the, woman, and the wooden image that was beside it was cut down. And the second bull was being offered to the altar which had been built. So they said to one another, who's done this thing? And when they inquired and asked, they said, Gideon, the son of Joseph, has done this thing. Then the men went out into the city to the Joseph, bring out your son so that he may die because he has tore down the altar of Baal and because he has cut down the wooden image that was beside it. But Joseph, Gideon's father, said to all who stood against him, Would you plead for Baal? Would you save him? Let the one who would plead for him be put to death by morning. Because if Baal is a god, let him plead for himself because of his altar has been torn down. Therefore on that day, he called him Jerubbaal, saying, Let Baal plead against him because he was torn down by his, own, by his altar. Then all the Midianites and all the Amalekites, the people of the east, gathered together, and they crossed over and encamped in the valley of Jezreel. But the Spirit of the Lord came upon Gideon. Then he blew the trumpet, and the Abizurites gathered behind him. And he sent messengers throughout Manasseh, who also gathered behind him. He also sent messengers to Asher and Zebulun and Naphtali, and they came up to meet them. So Gideon said to God, If you will save Israel by my hand, as you have said, look, I'll... I shall put a fleece of wool on the threshing floor. If there is dew on the fleece only and it's dry on the ground, then I shall know that you will save Israel by my hand as, have, as you have said. Verse 38. How many of you, when you get order from God, ask for proof? So when I tell you this is one of the greatest examples of somebody going from fear to faith, I'm being honest and being real with you, real with you because it's exactly what we do. We are terrified. I, you say, oh, I ain't got the tools. I ain't got the gift. I'm the worst of my family. My crew can't handle this. You question everything. And as you question everything and you question the direction of the Lord, you continue to ask for proof. Hey, Lord, well, if that's the case, make that light turn green right now. Oh, it turned green. Okay, make this red arrow turn yellow. Oh, you really do want me to go left and go check on that brother. It's, it, we live our lives like that because of fear. There's very little sustaining faith. Verse 38. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me. Oh, and then when you test or ask for more proof, said, hey, Lord, don't be angry. I'm just human. Gideon's telling him, listen, I'm just human. Please don't be mad at me. But this time, can you do the opposite? Can you make the cloth wet and the ground dry? Mm. Some of you will ask some foolish things just so God will prove to you that he's in control of everything. 
You know what's crazy? We don't ask how the stars are held up. You don't ask how this earth is being rotated. You don't ask how 24 hours a day is the exact right amount of time for the earth's rotation. Or the distance from the sun to the earth is the exact distance and none of us would be fried hot dogs. You don't ask those things, but you ask God when he speaks to you and gives you direction. Newsflash. The same being that put the sun the exact distance it needs to be is the same person telling you, go check on that brother. You want this light to be green? I'll make it green. You want it to be red? No, I won't. I want you to trust me. Have faith in me. It's a struggle. The struggle's real. Then Gideon said to God, do not be angry with me, but let me speak just once more. Let, the, let, the, let this test pray that just once more with the fleece. Let it now be dry only on the fleece, but on all the ground let there be dew. And God did so that night. It was dry on the fleece and only, but there was dew all over the ground. I, I, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm baffled because I, I'm no different than you. I do the exact same thing. I question God almost often, but I do find myself stopping and say, hey, listen, I remember your promises. I remember your your." your commitment to me. I remember your proclamation. You know, there's a reason, that's, that's one of the reasons we do the proclamations. The proclamations is written entirely throughout the Bible. There's promises from the New Testament, the Old Testament, and even promises, you'll see in chapter 8 when we get there, of Gideon saying, listen, he promised that he would deliver us, so I will proclaim that he will deliver us. It's no difference when we make a proclamation and we're giving tithe. You're saying, God, I know you're going to meet my needs. I got me some handy downs. God, I know you're going to meet my needs. That check came right at time. God, I know you're going to meet my needs. You've given me more time with my parents. Whatever the case may be, you have to proclaim these things. And do you realize when you speak these things, they're in, they, you can speak them into existence. The Bible tells us that if you believe it, you've received it. So if you're speaking it and it's in belief and you're about to give your tithe and offering, don't you get it that they come together? The moment you give your, your tithe and your offering and you're speaking this public announcement saying, God, I, I know your promises and I know what you'll do. I've seen you do it to others and I've seen you do it to me. Just have faith it'll be done. Just have faith it'll be done. What is it? What is it? What are they? Fear. I've given you the definition. Faith is described in the Bible in Hebrews 11.1. 1. Now faith is a confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. This describes faith, the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. It's the belief that although we cannot see something, we see God. We know that he's present and working in our lives. The opposite, which is fear, which is created by unbelief, can cause us to take hold of our lives and our emotions. Faith is supernatural. Fear is earthly. 
Let me say that again. Faith is supernatural. It comes from the Spirit. It's a gift given by God. We are justified by faith. It's a gift given to us by God. Fear is an emotion by you. And you are human and you are here on this earth. Fear is earthly. Faith is spiritual. They're opposites. They cannot exist together. Man, we, you look at the disciples. I mean, they even had fear. They questioned Jesus at times. Wait, where are you going? When are you coming back? Wait, what are you doing now? Wait, what, send this girl away. Send these kids away. And Jesus is like, what are you doing? Lord, we have five pieces of, of bread and two fish. What are you talking about? And they are with the Messiah. But eventually, they went from fearful to faithful. Ephesians 2.8 says, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not of yourself. Faith does not come from you. It's a gift from God. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. And guess what? It is also a fruit or a characteristic of the Spirit of God. So when God gives you his gift, which is grace, and it's justified by faith, by faith, the additional gift that is in you is the Holy Spirit. And faithfulness is a characteristic of the Holy Spirit. Are you following me? Do we have to set an alarm or something? Because I, I just see like, I mean, it's great to see your eyeballs, but I, I don't know if everybody's... Amen. Because, you know, you could hear and not listen. Because some people can listen and not hear. Speaking of hearing and listening, I heard what you said, RJ. I was very proud of that. Very proud of that. Amen. Galatians 5, verse 23. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness. Against such things there is no law. Isaiah 43, 1 says, But now this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, do not fear, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. Michelle, he has summoned you by name. Grace, he has summoned you by name. Uh, Brooke, he has summoned you by name. Kathy, he has summoned you by name. I can go down the list of all these names as God has called each and every one of us not to fear. Because fear says, I don't trust you. And you think the God of heaven, the Father who loves you, who created you, wants to hear that from you? You don't say it vocally. You say it emotionally. You say it financially. You say it sexually. Some of us will give our, our, our bodies because we fear that that person is going to be the only one. Some of us hold back from giving into the kingdom because we don't believe that God will supply all our needs. Some of us continue in our addiction 
because we do not believe that God can make us whole and make us feel good. I don't care what it is. You think there was monsters back in Genesis? You think there was vapes in Exodus? Do you think there was cigarettes in Proverbs? Wine? Alcohol? All these addictions. These guys relied on the Lord to sustain them. I mean, sick, crazy joy. Not living in fear all the time. I mean, a powerful spirit of constant joy. In one of our life groups, we talked about joy and happiness and the difference. It's the exact same thing with fear and happiness. One is earthly and one is spiritually. Happiness is earthly. It's based on emotion. So is fear. It's earthly. It's based on your emotion because you do not... You cannot see what's coming and you're scared. Faith is spiritual. It asks us to rely on God. And joy is a choice. No matter what's going on, I am grateful. Man, I, I, I wish I... You know, PV was really good at props when he was when he was. <laughs> I mean, when he was young in his in his in his. I mean, you remember uh, Von Zell? I mean, all these things. I mean, these were cool things. He would bring props up here, and I wish I could have a gymnast balance beams. Everybody has any, everybody seen a gymnast balance beam? I don't know, they're probably about four feet high, maybe, yeah, about four feet high, and I think they're eight feet long, and the gymnast is supposed to balance on that. They do flips, tricks, uh, spins, handstands, or what have you. And if you pictured a balance beam, and this balance beam that sits right here, that's four feet high and eight feet wide, and you just imagine that that's our life. Do you know that some Christians are gymnasts? They get up there. Fearless, flip, jump, dance, hold on, the, uh, I mean, stand on their hands, dismount. I mean, you name it. They are gymnasts. They are fearless because they're faithful and they're full of faith. But most of the world and most Christians, and you know what's crazy is these Christians that are gymnasts that can do all these things through life because they, they've learned how to keep fear at bay. They've understood that it's an earthly thing and that faith is spiritual and they need more spirituality in their life. They need more faith in their life to limit some of the fear. And these Christians will get to heaven one day like this, jumping off the balance beam like this. Lord, here I am. Here I am, Lord. And you know what he does? Come, my good and faithful servant. And he gives them a hug. They've been able to balance life They've been able to dismount it when need be. They've been able to deal with fear and, and, and increase faith in their life. For many of us, this balance beam, it's like this for us. Oh, wait, I got it. I'm good. I'm good. And then you hop up, you get to heaven. How was that? And the Lord says, what, what did you do with everything I gave you? You were so fearful through life. Most of us go through life that way. You hold on to this balance beam. You do very little for the kingdom. You do very little for the Lord. You're not walking in faith. You're running in fear. Do you know that's, that's, that's the production? Those are fruits of those things. Fruit of faith is being able to walk with God. Fruit of fear is running with the devil. It's exactly how it is.
Opposites attract. When you look at this from a spiritual aspect, if you look at the difference between fear and faith, you are literally telling the Lord, I do not trust you. I can't do it. I can't do it. But you will trust that this little three by five pedal will push hydraulic fluid through four different lines and stop a 7,000 pound car before you hit the wall? And you can't trust the God who created everything? Shame on us. Shame on us. Romans 9.29. Actually, uh, let's go down. John 14.27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. What is he talking about? I do not give to you as the world gives. What, he's got, what God is saying is, I'm not going to give you something that's worldly. He goes on by saying, do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. So that is proof that the Bible says that fear is of this earth. And Jesus says, I will not give you anything earthly. I'm all about the spiritual. I'm all about the eternal. And nothing about fear or temporary. Yeah. Are you getting it? Yeah. Do you see it? Yeah. I mean, I'm not making this stuff up. It's in here. Whew. And then one of his commandments is, have I not commanded you to be strong and courageous? Joshua 1.9. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. It's exactly what he told Gideon. Amen. Trust me, you're not going to die. You're not going to die, Gideon. I'm not going to send you with 30,000 people, 30,000, 300 men against 320,000. The Midianites army and all the other armies north of... of um, of jo uh, Jonasa and Naphtal were over 320,000. It's more than a quarter of a million. And do you know that God will get to chapter 8, but God minimized Gideon's army all the way down to 300. Yeah. I could just see the, the angel saying, don't worry. Just be strong. Just be courageous. Do not be afraid. For the Lord your God will be with you. Gideon. Gideon. What? The dude with the weak crew? The dude who was the least in his family? Takes several countries out? With 300 people? Matthew 6.34 Therefore do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough of its own troubles. You know, the reason I felt so strongly about this message and even talking to, to Pastor prior to going, um, I, I, we didn't know where, where, it was, where we were ending up with, what, if we were going to start a series, if I was going to launch the series, whatever that, the reason I tell you all that is I was moved by Pastor Robert's message last Sunday. Um, it was refreshing to see uh, somebody truly speak 
just truth and, and sincerity. Yes, dripping with grace and dripping with love, but it was the truth. Lisa, you could either get with this or you can get with that. You could be fake or you could be true. You could have fear or you could have faith. It's all up to you. All up to you. Oh, guess what? I just, the Lord just gave me some. If it's all up to us, do you know that both fear and faith are a choice? How crazy is that? Thanks, Lord. How crazy is that? You have to choose. You have to choose. God says, I've created you in my own image, but I want you to have your own ability to choose to love me. So you have to choose either to trust me or to be fearful. It's your choice. So fear and faith are both choices, and you have to choose, and nothing or neither one of them you cannot see either one. But you have to choose. I hope I did that all right. I, uh, yeah, I know, Ms. Peaches, I was asking him. <laughs> but I appreciate that. Man, you always got my back. <laughs> I, uh, but think of that for a second. They're both a choice. They're both a choice. Both fear and faith are a choice. And both of them cause you to believe in something you do not see. How about that? Was that better? There you go. Fear and faith are both a choice. And both of them cause you to believe in something you do not see. Man, have mercy on me. David in Psalms 56, 1, 2, he said, He is merciful to me, O God, for men whole, uh, hotly pursue me all day long. They press... Uh, they, they press and attack. My slanders pursue me and are attacking me in their pride. David faced fears as his enemies wanted to destroy him. And according to Psalms 56, fear oppressed David constantly. I hope, thank you RJ, I hope nobody is oppressed by fear constantly here. If you do, I'll lay hands on you. If you do, we'll pray for you. And I don't think that's the case. But I do think we fall victim of being fearful and oppressed in fear certain times. There are certain things that, uh, that cause you to mm, take a step back and say, nah, I, I'm not doing that. I can't do that. I have, I, have, I have some dear friends that I love dearly. And they were struggling. And they were struggling they're struggling with a date, just a date. And I prayed for them. Sarah and I prayed for them. We love them dearly. But that gave them anxiety. There was things revolving that. But when you really look down at it, it's just a day or a date. Something special is going to happen. And they struggled with it. They struggled with it. You know what faith produces? Faith produces freedom. Fear incurs bondage. And they were in bondage of that fear. And when people are praying and the Lord hears that, you, hear, you see Gideon, the Israelites are praying. They're seeking the Lord. God delivered all of them and he delivered our friends just as well. The day is so far off, but right here, right now, they're just believing. And they went from fearful to faithful. 
They went from choosing to be, ah, oh, this is a little too much. I got stuff. I, I don't know if I can handle it to it, man. You know what? It is what it is. God's got me. Look what he's done. And this is it. It could be as small as a date. Some of us are, are fearful of, of a sickness or a disease. Some of us have it. Some of us are, are disabled and we can't do certain things. I told you guys last week, man, I'm partially disabled, broken, no job. But I ain't scared. So what are you going to do? God will make a way. God will make a way. I will have more than I've ever even dreamed or considered of. And I don't know when that is, and it doesn't matter to me, whether it's here on this earth or after. You heard my son saying, man, it was a joy to, to be up here and worship and praying the Spirit, to do what I love for the person I love with the one I love. Everything I've ever asked for, my kids already have. I mean, what... what how, how, how can I ask for anything else? Amen. I'm like, man, Lord, you, you've done enough. No, 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 I'm not saying stop. You keep, you, you keep doing it. You keep doing it. I need a little more healing. I need, uh, But that's not the point. The point is, man, everything I've ever asked for my children, health, safety, a, a, a spirit of conviction, salvation, Do not be oppressed by fear. Fear is a human reaction to the trials that we face in this life. So it is earthly. God promises the opposite and we can experience peace in every situation if we just trust him. The Bible says that if we trust him, we will have peace beyond understanding that's in Philippians. So what he's saying is, listen, you don't know how, you don't need to know it. My, my, my friends that, that had to choose this day, he told them, you don't have to know everything. Just trust me and I'll give you peace beyond understanding. And their testimony is, man, it just feels good. We just, we're good. We're good. It's cool. I'm like, that, that's, that's what I'm talking about. But imagine doing that with everything in your life, every moment, every step, every decision, every, every person you look upon, every word you speak. Woo. Philippians 4, 7. It's the peace beyond all understanding. Fear and faith cannot exist together. They cannot, cannot exist together. And man, that word, that fear and faith is a choice from us. Do you know, I heard this great message. I mean, this dude is, was on fire. Uh, he's in South Africa now. But he literally said, no decision is a decision. Yeah, that pastor. He's our pastor. Everything we choose is a choice. And when you don't choose, you're making a choice not to choose. Indecision is a decision. It's on the app. You can, you can download it. It's the same thing with faith and fear. Two things, and you have to believe in something you can't see, and you get to choose. You get to choose. So we talked about what it is, 
We talked about uh, what are they? Fear and faith. We know that one is spiritual. We know certainly that one is earthly and it comes from our emotion. And when, I, I mean, think of this. I know, I, I know, I still don't think this way. It takes me time to think this way after lots of study and meditation. Um, and I really wasn't fasting. That's why the shirt doesn't fit. But um, uh, to, truth be told, God will give us so much revelation when you dive into the word. Uh, I, I'm just talking about just preparing this. I'm just talking about even just preparing this. Because fear comes from an emotion from a human being who is an earthly creature. That's why the Bible says that our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. We are not spiritual beings as he is. So the Bible also tells us that our hearts are exceedingly wicked. So... Let's take that for an example. The Bible tells us that our hearts exceedingly wicked. We are earthly beings created by God to choose to love him and to walk with him. Right? We have free will. The only creature on this planet that can choose to go this way or to go that way. You can choose fear or you can choose faith. It's your choice. And God loves it that way. Because when you choose faith, he says, ah. Oh. <coughs> There you are. You could jump off that balance beam. Here I am. Here I am. What's my score, Lord? Where's my crown? Or you could be wrapped up on that beam, holding on the whole life, and then jump off, and you're like all sore from white knuckled from holding on to life because you lived a life of fear. We get to choose. We get to choose. Where does it come from? We talked about uh, uh, faith. We talked about fear. Romans ten seventeen it says, Faith comes by hearing and by hearing of the word of God. Judges 6, 10 says, Also I said to you, I am the Lord your God. Do not fear the gods of the Amorites, in, though, in whose land you dwell, but you have not obeyed my voice. Both instances, fear can be strengthened by getting into the word. I'm sorry, faith can be strengthened by getting into the word. Fear is strengthened by staying in the world. You follow me? You will become more fearful. I just listed 7,000. I bet you in 2024, there'll be another 3,000 different types of phobia. A phobia of slime? A phobia of your phone battery dying? A phobia of cats? Dogs? Vegetables? This world is full of fear. In the Psalms, we see an amazing Example of fear and faith as well, just as Gideon showed of David, who like us experienced fear constantly. Psalms 56.3 reveals that his faith with these words, he says, Lord, when I'm afraid, I will trust in you. Psalms 119 is filled with verses expressing in which David treasured God's word. 
Verse 10 says, I will seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. I meditate on your precepts. Verse 11, and consider your ways. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sit against you. You want to have less fear and more faith? Fearing comes by hearing the word of God. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Sorry, I've said that twice. Some of us will face financial troubles. Philippians 4.19 tells us, And God will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Some of us are anxious about a future decision or a date. Psalms 32.8 reminds us that God will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my eye upon you. Oh, man, it's all in here, guys. In sickness, whether you're dealing with temporary sickness, permanent sickness, a terminal sickness, I don't wish that on anybody or anyone. Never have, never will. But truth be told, the people who are terminally sick have a better view than the ones that are completely healed. And remarkably, they do much more because they know in Romans 5, verse 3 through 5, says not only so, but we also glory in our sufferings because we know that suffering produces perseverance, perseverance produces character, character produces hope. <coughs> People with faith that face fear understand that they are getting stronger and their character is growing, their perseverance is growing, and there's hope in their life because of what they go through. Because of what they go through. They don't just go, oh, the sky's falling. I'm done. I'm not coming to church anymore. Nope, I, I can't do cleaning ministry anymore. Nope, I can't do it. I, I just can't do it. it. It's just too overwhelming. Too overwhelming. Charles Spurgeon once said, when faith is exercised, fear is banished. And holy triumph follows. I don't know about you, but he was, he was a man. Very wise man. Last point, number three. We talked about what are they, where do they come from, and what they produce. Psalms 56, verse 3, David said, When I am afraid, I will trust you. We need to learn to fight fear with faith. David says, When I'm fear, when I'm afraid, I will trust you, Lord. David was admitting that he was fearful and proclaiming he was going to be faithful. Proclamation. Say it out loud. God can make it happen. And if you have an ounce of belief, I think it's even less than an ounce of belief, but a mustard seed is much less than an ounce of belief. If you speak it, he can make it happen. Mm. He still places trust in the Lord. So did Gideon. 
Three different times God instructed him. Shave down the number of your armies. Look at those guys. Nope, they're not ready for you. Those guys that are drinking water on their hands and knees, they're not fit for this victory. Tell them to go home. You're going into this battle with 300 men. A story still told today. God delivered them because the people cried out. They faced their fear with faith. And God delivered the Israelites. For most people, fear produces an immediate response. There's this chemical imbalance when you get scared and your choice again. Here's that word, choice, is fight or flee. Let's do this or run. Those are your choices. This chemical emotion that is secreted from the pituitary gland forces you to choose to either run or defend yourself. You know what the problem is with both of those? Neither one, you're waiting on the Lord. I think the Bible tells me that I shall walk by faith. The Lord has forced me not to run anymore. That could have been a coincidence, but I'll take it however he wants. I'm not running anymore. Literally and figuratively and spiritually. Just won't do it. Because when that flee or flight choice comes, we do not wait on the Lord. Psalms 27, 14 says, what? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage, and he shall strengthen thy heart. Wait, I say on the Lord. He repeats himself. This is the God of all universe repeating himself to us. Just wait. No fight, no flee. Don't do any of that. When you're fearful, you're running. When you're faithful, you're walking. Man, and you get to choose. You get to choose. Isaiah 40, 31. But they who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. Uh, I'm going to send you a picture, Isaiah. I need your help on this. I went on a little court ride yesterday, and I was blown away by what, uh, by what we saw. And um, it is perfect. It's perfect for this moment. Isaiah 40, 31 says, But those that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So what's good about waiting on the, on the Lord? One, your strength is, is uh, refueled. You get strengthened. You get refreshed. Why? Oh, because you're not running. You're not running from everything. You're not running to everything. Your strength will be renewed. You shall mount up with wings as eagles. You'll be able to fly. No need to run. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. You want consistency in your life? Learn how to wait on God. Amen. You want chaos in your life? Keep running with the devil. 
I heard he was going down to Georgia. That's up to you. Fear produces a chemical imbalance, an earthly emotion that forces you to choose to fight or flee. On the other hand, faith produces perseverance. James 1, verse 1 through 3. Consider it pure joy, my, my brothers, when you encounter trials of many kinds. Because you know that the testing of your faith... Wait a minute. So what does faith produce? He's about to tell you. It produces perseverance. Allow perseverance to finish its work so that you may be, may, may be mature and complete, not lacking anything. Fear produces a fight-or-flee response. Faith produces perseverance. And perseverance, we know, produces character. And character, we know, produces hope. You see where I'm going? You know what else faith produces? Hint, hint. Faith without works is dead. Faith produces works. Woo! You never thought about it that way. Faith produces works. James chapter 2, verse 16 and 17. If one of you tells him, go in peace, stay warm, and be well fed, but does not provide for his physical needs, what good is that? Verse 17. So too, faith by itself, if it's not complemented by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I will show you my faith by my deeds. Faith produces works. Faith produces perseverance. Man. So you could either choose to have this flight or flee response, or you could choose to have works, to have perseverance, to have character, to have cope, hope. When we were reading Isaiah 40, 31, I don't know why this didn't come from me, but can you put that picture up? Did, did you receive it? No? Oh, you haven't gotten it. That's okay. Uh, anyway, I was on a bike ride Saturday morning, very early, and we're going down the um, Yorba Linda Riverbed Trail. And I am, we're moving. Because you just got on the bike, you think you're cool and fast, and you got all the energy in the world. We're six miles into it, and we are flying. And both of us almost stopped in our tracks. A giant falcon, about three and a half feet, stood on a sign. And as we were coming down, mind you, this is six feet. We like to, we like to get... Get out there very early because the wives want us home back on Saturday. So we, we start at 5.30. Normally we'll be home by 7.30. We're flying. The sun's barely coming up. We're doing like 15, 17 miles an hour. He's perched on a sign. He opens his wings and both of us go, ah! <laughs> and we're terrified. We're like, holy, what was that? And we look back and he's just sitting there on this sign. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And 
So you gotta remember, we're clipped in. So when you stop fast, you gotta get your foot out quickly out of the pedal because your shoes are locked into your pedals. Well, I can't do that with this leg. So I always have to do it with my left leg, but he was so close to me, I couldn't get it out. I almost went down, finally got it out, put my foot down, and I go, dude, I gotta go back and take a picture of that. He's like, what if that thing go, comes at you? I said, ah, that's a, no big deal. I ain't, I ain't scared. You scared, Matt? I'm like, you scared, Matt? So I went back and took a picture. I was going to show it to you, but uh, maybe when Isaiah gets it, you can see it later. But in, in referring to Isaiah 40, uh, 31, you will mount up wings as eagles. The ability to fly and soar. What's remarkable is on our way back, Hour and a half later, we're obviously going much slower this time. <laughs> and we're watching where we're going. One, because we're tired. Two, I want to see if he's still there. And he was in the bush. Guess what he had? God provided for him because he waited. He had a rabbit. He had a rabbit. He had a rabbit. You know what's crazy? I just thought about this. Thanks, Lord. God provided for that falcon. You don't think he'll provide for you? That's, uh, that's pretty crazy. Let me tell you, if you're writing this down, this would be great. I think you would love this. Fear is commanded against. Faith is commanded by God. Fear comes by hearing, believing the world and ourselves. Faith comes by hearing and believing God's word. You following me? That's okay. Well, well. So right, it'll be in your questions for life groups. Um, fear, fear is commanded against. Faith is commanded by God. Fear comes by hearing and believing the world and ourselves. Faith comes by hearing and believing the word of God. Fear is a way of life for most unbelievers and some of us in the church. Faith is the way of life for most disciples and the church. Results of fear, torment, agony. Pain, despair, anxiety, results of fear. Anybody have anxiety in here? That's a result of fear. I'll pray for you. Anybody feel despaired? Whether it's your family member, whether it's a sickness in the family, it could be a marriage, it could be an addiction, it could be your job place. You feel in despair, that's the result of fear. Anybody feel pain? That's a result of fear. Torment? That's a result of fear. On the other hand, results of faith, peace, wholeness, comfort, and perseverance.
What does fear bring forth? Fear brings forth calamity, destruction, and death. What does faith bring forth? Brings forth the promises of God. So as I land this plane, Psalms 56, 11, David says, In God I trust, I will not be afraid. What can man do to me? Romans 5, 1, Therefore, since we've been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus, or through our Lord Jesus Christ. John 14, 26 and 27. It says, But the Counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. And because of that, verse 27 says, So peace is I'm going to leave with you. And my peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. David and Gideon found that they didn't have to fear people. They just needed to trust God. Gideon's remarkable victory over all of these these nations with a fraction of what they had. I know we didn't get to to chapter 8. But they literally sound the trumpets and the other guys start fighting each other. God will do that to your enemy. He'll put them against each other and they will forget about you. But you got to remember him. How about that? They both discovered that God was bigger than their fears. I'm going to give you a bit of revelation right here. And I got this very late. And I am so thankful that I have learned to wait on God because I do not run anymore, both physically, literally, figuratively. It has changed the way I look at things and the way I act. Worship team, why don't you come up and I will will, uh, read these last two. I really hope this message spoke to somebody today. It spoke to me a great deal, not only on how much I need to grow and how much more God wants from me, but I'm very grateful on where he has brought me and how he's done it. Um, I am overwhelmed by what he's done for us. Um, just RJ and, and, and his comment was just, a, a, just a, a, a mustard seed example of what he's done for us. Amen. Really, for what he's done for us. And if I look back at what has changed, and, and I, I'm sorry, but he might do this. He might force you to trust him. He did us. He did us. 
I would really like when there's certain things done in our lives, Sarah and I to co-author a book from grief to glory is what we're thinking. And just to describe what we went through and how we reacted and how we responded compared to what God was doing. And then when we're out of it or coming out of it, to look back and say, Ooh, man, you had this all along? You mean this is a, 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 a prayer that you've answered from 1996? And this is, this is how you did it? This is how you made it true? Man, I know I, I'm kind of stealing uh, uh, Bernadine's uh, thunder a little bit. And she didn't get a chance to mention it. Maybe she did, but she did. Did she mention to you the the testimony the testimony book? Um, there's some uh, people in the in the prayer ministry, specifically Miss Peaches, had an idea of having this notebook that we could jot down everybody's testimony, prayers that have been answered. This was Friday night, right? You you told her this? Okay, okay. Did you realize she did it yesterday? She, she created this beautiful gray book that we we're considering sharing with everybody so that everyone can share their answered prayers in here. And it's so amazing because do you realize that everybody in the Bible, when God did something spectacular to, for them, they didn't have photo albums, they didn't have Snapchat, they didn't have these things. You know what they did? They built memorials. They straight up built memorials. Here's my altar right here for you. Lord, I'm going to call this place Raise Knee Injury. That's what I'm going to call this place because this is my memorial with what you've done for me. And just like Jacob, just because you've knocked my knee out of place, I'm going to wrestle with you and you're going to give me more than ever because now I'm going to focus on you and not me. Man. So this last little bit of revelation before these guys sing this song. There's a reason we sang, give me faith. Your cry today at the altar should be, give me faith. Give me faith. Don't worry about fear. Don't even say it anymore. Who cares? Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I'm going to ask you next Sunday, how was your week? You're going to be like, oh, Ray. And then you know what my question is going to be, just like he said in verse 11. Did you die? Did you die? You all right? You live? Listen, we're all bruised and beat up and cut up and hurt and betrayed down here. But one day you get to get there and be complete perfection. Complete perfection. By his wounds, we will be made perfect. Here's your revelation. The Bible says that love is of God and God is love. John 4, 7, 8. In other words, love is a fundamental characteristic of who God is. Everything God does, it's out of love and who he loves. He is the definition of love. 
Wait for it. And everything he does is influenced by love. Even what you feel is tragic. Even what you feel is terminal. It's done out of love. Because he does it all. He controls it all. There's a distinct word for this type of love that no other person... For that, that no other person understands here on earth or can simulate it. That word is agape. It refers to a benevolent, charitable love that seeks the best for everyone regardless of how they get there. Doesn't matter what you're going through. It's out of love because God loves you and God is love. Are you ready for it? Then 1 John says that perfect love casts out fear. God is the one that will take the fear out of you. It is that perfect love. It's that characteristic. It is who he is. He can remove that about your marriage. He can remove that about your sickness, your addiction, your job issues, you living check to check, whatever it is, whatever fear you have, perfect love is cast out. Casts out fear. Because fear has to do with punishment. And the one who fears is not made perfect in love. The one who is fearful is not entirely made in love. You have to get fear out of your life. And add faith. As they sing this song, give me faith. That should be our cry. We should have trumpets here. Give us faith. Give us faith. Well, I just showed you what faith is. It's a spiritual element. It's a gift from God. I told you what it produces. It produces perseverance. It produces works. Perseverance produces character. Character produces hope. We understand what they are, where they come from, and what they produce. I challenge you. To understand that there is no fear in love. But perfect love drives out fear. Let's respond to faith, to God's love this morning. And to be set free from the bondage of fear. I don't care if you're hiding something and you don't want it to be exposed. Ask God to take the fear away. I don't care if you've done something uh, 17 minutes ago and you're embarrassed about it. Or 17 years ago. It doesn't matter. God has already forgiven you for it. If you were a child of God, he has cast away all your sins as far as the east is from the west. You could have betrayed your loved one. You could have done the worst on this earth. Mm. There was a reason why this world went dark for three hours when the father separated from his son was to forgive us for all our sins, whether we had done them or not. You realize that? 
the, the, the one who created the universe gave up his son for all of us, knowing what we were going to do? He's not surprised by anything. He doesn't say, ooh, Johnny, I forgot about that. I don't know. I don't know. That's a game changer. I don't know. No, our God doesn't do that. That perfect love casts out all fear. All fear. So we open this, these altars. And I, I just challenge you. Get up out of your seat. Come and pray that God would give you faith. Faith beyond understanding. So that you would have a peace beyond understanding. Fear can rush into our lives and cripple us. And love heals all things. Faith says, I trust in you. Fear says, I trust in you, Satan. Fear is an earthly substance. Faith is a spiritual characteristic. Some of us need to get less of us and more of him. Father, I thank you. I thank you for all that you've done. I thank you for this time, for the privilege to be here. Thank you for using me, Lord. Forgive me for not speaking anything you would have asked me to speak. Forgive me for not... Um, forgive me for not being perfect. Thank you, Lord, for removing fear in my life. Thank you for removing doubt and chaos. I ain't running no more. No more running for me. I don't know if you did it intentionally, and that's okay. Because I just learned that everything you do is out of love. And I want you to remind the church that everything you do is out of love. Somebody may be, be struggling with something traumatic right now. Drastic, chaotic, evil. It's got nothing on you. Nothing on your love. Nothing on your forgiveness. We're not preaching that sin is okay. Sin is not okay. At any time, in church, out of church, wherever. And we know it's not okay to you. In fact, you want nothing to do with it. Because you've already done it. However, we are called to love the people and not love what they do. We are called to show them grace and mercy because you have done the same for us. We love you because you have loved us first. And we need to forgive others because you have forgiven us. We need to love on others because you have loved us. Church, I challenge you. I, I have no doubt in my mind that if you can grasp the, the aspect about fear being an earthly aspect and faith being a spiritual aspect, you cannot get more faith unless you're in the Word and asking God. Because guess what? You're still in the world and fear is going to fill you up whether you like it or not. Fear and faith both ask you to choose something you do not see. 
What do you choose today? In the words of the famous Capital One commercial, what's in your wallet? Fear or faith? love you to visit our church at 451 West Lambert Road, Suite 204 in the city of Brea. Our service times are Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. For more information, please visit our website at www.thewaybrea.com or you can download our church app by visiting your app store and searching The Way Brea. Be blessed.